Welcome to Coworking Out Loud, where we explore the deeper side of coworking, content, and community. I'm your host, Kat Johnson. Hey friends, in this episode of Coworking Out Loud, I'm talking to Deshaun Brown, who is the CEO of Coworks, and I love learning more about Deshaun. He has an absolute coworking soul. He's a product of coworking. He totally gets it. I'm excited for you to hear our conversation, so let's jump in. Hey Deshaun, welcome to Coworking Out Loud. It's really great to have you here. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. You know, so this show, as you know, is exploring the deeper side of co-working content and community. And with you, I want to dig into the community piece, especially the community and technology. That's really interesting to me. That's kind of the intersection you're working at. But before, sure. before we do, I'd love to, I've known you for about a year and we've connected mm-hmm. a little bit, but we, I think, immediately felt nicely aligned. So I'd love to like back up and hear your story up until this point. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my, my story is, is, is interesting because at the end of the day, I feel like I am just truly a product of co-working. So uh, a little bit about me. So I am sort of a, a technical guy. Um, I have a computer science degree from NC State University. So um, my sort of superpowers is definitely in the in the software world. But what what I, I, I like to always give this this sort of preface, um, I didn't grow up thinking or wanting or being interested in coding or technology. I was a uh, theater person growing up. I was uh, into the arts. Uh, I also happen to, you know, be interested in, in math and science. But um, really what sort of the way that I found my way into technology was through entrepreneurship. Um, I sort of stumbled into um, this uh, entrepreneurship program at NC State University where I went to university. And I was actually part of the first group of students that they called the uh, entrepreneurship ambassadors. Um, and basically what they were trying to do is create a um, sort of interdisciplinary entrepreneurship program. Each college at the university had some entrepreneur stuff, the engineering school, the business school, but it wasn't connected. It was kind of fragmented. So they had this vision of well, what if we created a space, a physical space for all student entrepreneurs um, and you may see where this is going, but this is before <laughs> this is before they 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 had the word co-working was super popular. Um, that wasn't really a word people were throwing around back then, but um, it was basically a co-working space. So I kind of like got into this really cool space with all these other students from different majors, and they were all working on different projects, and that kind of opened up my world to the entrepreneurship side. And of course, technology these days is just at the center of everything everything that we're doing, whether you're in the car industry, medical industry, even if you're an artist, like you're going to probably have to deal with some technology. And so that was kind of the big um, aha moment for me. And so um, I kind of switched majors and went and I said, hey, if I learn how to do this stuff, then I'll probably have some tools to be able to build and create. And that's really what my passion is, is, is building and creating products and communities and more importantly, experiences. And that kind of is a callback to the theater days of creating experiences. Um, 
So, you know, that, that, that's kind of what led me into, I went off and I started a software development company. Um, so I kind of cut my teeth building and designing mobile and web applications and really honed that skill, started off working with startups and then fortune 500 companies. And, um, that's kind of led to coworks, um, where we are today. But one important part of that journey is as soon as I left the university, which again, they didn't call it a co-working space, but it was our little tiny entrepreneur center. And at the time it was very, very small. It was just like a little, I don't know, it had to be no more than 800 square feet. Like it was a little room with a 3d printer and a whiteboard, but we loved it because we had a little key card that got us in and we felt super exclusive. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now, by the way, fast forward, it's a 20,000 square foot, huge facility, really, really awesome. Um, so it's come a long way, but, um, as I was building my software company, I missed that energy from that physical space. We had a regular office, you know, tr traditional, you're on your own, set up your own Wi-Fi, you know, find your own furniture. There's no other companies. And we immediately, I just felt that dip in creativity in innovation and just mood, everything. And so. Um, I always give the story of we hired our first intern and the first thing that she said when she came into the office was, Hey, there's, there's no sink. And I was like, Oh, are the bathrooms broken? And she was like, no, like we just, we don't have a sink. There's no like kitchen. So how am I going to wash my mug? And I was like, mug. And she was like, also, we don't have a coffee maker. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so, you know, I was focused on trying to just do business. So anyway, that's what led me to co-working out of university is I was actually looking for a space that emulated the space that I was familiar with. And I didn't know what co-working was, but I think I was one of the few individuals, individuals that sought out that type of workspace in the early days of co-working. Cause I was like, I've had this before. Surely there's gotta be another way. There's gotta be, surely this exists outside of the university setting. So that's what led me to co-working and then, you know, fell in love with the industry as a whole. And, Again, back to products, experiences, you know, all those things. Um, that's that's kind of the ethos of CoWorks and what we try to do now, which is, you know, build a platform for co-working spaces to help them operate efficiently. Of course, that's kind of number one, because if that doesn't happen, you don't get the luxury of time. Um, and then from there, build experiences and communities. So anyway, that's the long story. <laughs> There's so much I can relate to. Like, I definitely am a product of co-working. When I joined a co-working space, I was working full-time at a record store and had been for 20 years. Oh, wow. And I just kind of was like, oh, I love this. And I just whittled down my record store hours as I grew my yep. business. And co-working taught me about contracts about collaboration about asking for yep. help about the energy and the vibe like i think there's something deeply human about being in the presence of other people like covid for i was sure. just talking about this this for morning sure. like covid taught us so much about social isolation and how that affects us just on a human level. I feel like we're still collectively kind of regrouping after that insane experience. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, I think from, from where we sit and from where I sit, um, yeah, COVID, it, it did a couple of things in that, well, it did kind of show how important technology is and can be right. We, we were able to have these calls on Zooms and meet and these virtual, you know, connections, we're able to do the, you know, be productive online. But you're right, like, 
that's not the full story. I think for us, what it's really taught us is like people need that flexibility. They need to be able to have the tools to go home and work if they want to, or, you know, do what they need to do when they're traveling, but also be able to go into that community and have that people to people physical interaction and kind of do it on their own terms. And really co-working is, is beautiful in that regard because there's not any real other, you know, business model when it comes to office space that allows you to do both. Right. So that's kind of, it's, it's been really interesting. Yeah. And those early spaces, like pre the word co-working, um, we've been <laughs> yeah. working together forever. I remember one woman said she didn't understand co-working, but she saw what we were doing. She goes, oh, this is like when all my aunties get together and make tamales, <laughs> right? It's like awesome. we share tools, awesome. we share conversation, we share work. Everyone's kind of doing what they're doing, but we're doing it together. It's like, yeah, this is way older than you know, whoever wants to claim ownership of the first co-working space, but, um, (laughs) yeah, let's, let's shift into the community and tech piece because this is so interesting. Like it feels like to me, from my perspective, when we, when people used to talk about community, it was Mm -hmm. like the, the thinking was like, Oh great. I'm going to have to sit through like a five hour meeting while people try to collectively Mm -hmm. problem solve. And it was kind of this, this fringe thing. And we're at a place now where if people aren't thinking about building community around their, their ideas, their product, their whatever, they're going to get left behind because, um, we're way past that place where companies can just kind of broadcast from on high yeah. to the masses. So people, right, people right. want way more depth and, and humanness to what they're doing. So let like, from your perspective, being a builder, being a creator, being like deep in the tech angle, what do you see happening right now and coming in as we, as we look forward? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. And um, I totally agree that, you know, community is so important. I think it's such an overlooked piece of the puzzle in a lot of ways. So um, just sort of in the traditional software sense, building, you know, applications, I used to tell people the old, you know, if you build it, they will come at it is like not true at all, right? Like you could have the best product in the world, but um, just like you said, just posting it on your socials doesn't, isn't going to be enough. Like, how do you build a movement? How do you build momentum into the, the thing that you're building, whether that be a software or a physical space? And I think that's the superpower of a co-working space is that you kind of come with this community built in that you have an opportunity to then leverage, but you do have to leverage it and you do have to grow it and you do have to maintain it. Um, So I think for us, when it comes to the software piece, my philosophy is software doesn't create human behavior. That's kind of the, I think, misconception. Software can really only enhance a behavior that we already wanted to do. Like, you know, Uber didn't, you know, create the behavior of wanting to travel. People want to get from A to B and they just want to do it with the least amount of effort, the least amount of friction and the best experience. So that's why I keep coming back to experience because that's kind of just big on everything that we do, everything that I do with, you know, co-works and just sort of, you know, in in our technology. So I think that's the key is people are going to be naturally drawn towards using a tool that is going to give them a good experience and enhance the behaviors that they're already going to do. So I think 
that's kind of the role of technology when it comes to community. So in a co-working space, I'll give a few examples. Um, you know, one of the big things that we always tell people to do is, are you holding events for your members, right? And obviously, it kind of depends on your where you're look where you're located and your your setup. And it seems simple because I'm sure Kat, this is basic stuff for you. But like new people starting a space are like, well, you know, I sold a few offices and. I don't know. It's kind of the community is kind of shaping up. And I'm like, OK, but <laughs> what are you actually are you engaging those people? Like, are you is there content you've created? Like just because they're there and then you maybe put food on the table doesn't mean that doesn't really mean much. Right. So uh, like in Coworks, for example, with our tool, the first thing that pops up before anything else, events feed before any of the other operations, booking, billing, payments, events. Right. And the idea is like reminding people as soon every single time they go into the app hey this is a space with people and things happening that i can participate in um or get involved in or you know um things like that so that's kind of the idea and so again back to technology like we try to make it easier to then you know showcase those events promote those events like so i think that's kind of the role of, of technology is how do we just turn the real people who are doing really cool things and creating really cool content, but give them superhuman powers by being able to share it with a lot of people or maybe do it virtually. And now anyone can join or, you know, streamline how you're managing that, those kind of things. Yeah. I believe that the more touch points you have, um, virtual, with right. content, with in-person events, with the face-to-face -face interactions in the space or when like the more touch points, the more you give people an entry point of belonging because not everybody's right. going to want to come. Like I went to a networking event a couple weeks ago and I didn't know anybody. It was a new group. There were probably like 200 people and right. I was standing on the fringe. I kind of did a loop and I was like, yeah. okay, that was intense. <laughs> and, and I yeah. went off for a second. I was like, all right, I'm going to do another loop. And I couldn't find a place to enter into the group. You know, I'm like, wow, that mm -hmm. it was really insightful. Like, okay, how do you, like, what would have been interesting or what would have been a way to better let new people join? Because, um, I'm pretty introverted. Like I'm probably somewhere in the middle, but I'm not the person who's going to be like, Hey, what's going on? You know, go right. at the networking event. So, um, yeah, it's, I think giving people as many touch points to get in where they fit in and maybe something like a small group chat or like, I, right. I run this marketing club here where it's way more conversational. It's way more community focused. I'm not saying one is better. I'm just saying everybody's no, different, sure. right? So having, uh, having the events and the programming be a priority thing so people can find a way to get in. Like maybe it's not going to be the 200 person networking event, but maybe it's the right. book club with five people, right? Like that's where right. it gets really interesting when people can find their own way to belong to a community and space. That's hundred percent true. And I think what's been really interesting is from where I sit. So we get to work with co-working spaces all over the world. And so we got all different shapes and sizes um that you know work with us and it always starts with the obvious like you know cool this is going to help me with my operations we do room booking we do billing we do all those kind of things but it ends up like once we kind of build that trust 
they start asking us just questions about, hey, how, what do you guys think about how do we get people to show up to events? Or what do you guys think about the types of things we should do? And, um, and, and it's good. We like to, we're certainly no experts on that, but it's, it's just, it speaks to just the importance of that because whenever, you know, you've got to check all your, you know, do all the check boxes, make sure you have a good business, but then you look around and you're, you're really, you can feel when, when your community is not active. Mm. Right. And, and I think people feel that and then they just need someone and they're like, okay, what do we do about this? So, and you're right. It's all the different types of events. Like we've got some spaces that are, and I think that's what's really cool about co-working is we're starting to see niche co-working spaces that are targeted for specific interest groups. So, you know, um, women co-working spaces and childcare spaces and maker spaces and uh, these more social club spaces where people interested in certain types of beverages, people interested in certain types of businesses. And so it's been really interesting to see all of these different groups popping up. And then we find people that are members of both. Like we've got a few, we'll have multiple spaces in the same city and then they're finding members are joining both because they want to be able to scratch this itch on Wednesday and then this one on Friday. And each group has its own vibe. So, oh, this is the space I go to for work. This is the space I go to to socialize. So I think that's the other thing about a co-working space is you'll be able to, people will join you for your physical space, but also for your community. So, and to your point about how do you lower that barrier to entry so that people can really find, you know, get in where they're, where they fit in. And I think that's, that's a great sort of point. You know, I think that's again, another place where we try to see if you can give people the tools to help them make the right decisions or have better information going in. So if you've got a way to view people's profiles and their bios and their interests and their skills, like that's a big thing. So for me, I'm kind of like you, like, um, I wouldn't say I'm introverted necessarily, but I'm not necessarily the first person coming into a crowd either, but I can really thrive when I have a common interest or thread, like, Oh, I know Kat, she knows coworking. We can go in and we can chat about this. And like, I've got that confidence to go in because I know what you're into. Right. And so I think those little things too help, like, just another big example, again, just for technology, not necessarily creating behavior, but influencing it. Like for us, you know, the first, like when you look at someone's bio, it's a full screen photo. And like the words are kind of secondary, but it's kind of like, how can we just, if anything, just give you that slight mental confidence that I've seen your face before, right? Like, oh, I've, I know you from somewhere. Um, that sometimes is all it takes. Like you just, you look familiar. I've seen your face. I don't know what you do, but you feel, I, I, I feel this friendliness because I've, I've seen you before. So like those little things matter. Like just being able to have those tiny little nuances to help you in the real world, in your spaces, build that community. Yeah, they do matter. Those, my friend always says, you can't hotwire connection. It's like, it takes many, right. like I'll pass somebody and maybe say, Hey, at the, coffee machine several times before I'm like, so what do you do? Like, what's, are you exactly. a member? What's, what's the deal Exactly. before we kind of yep. drop in a little bit more? Um, so let's pull back and go big picture with tech stuff. And just, I, I think the future of where we're going is lots of micro communities that there's yeah. some overlap, but, and 
in some ways it's really forward thinking, but in some ways it's just a return to who we are. <laughs> like my grandparents, they had their church community, they had their bowling league, they had they yep. were like at Elks Club dances, yep. they had their golf league, they had yep. like the card game, like almost every night they were doing something with some group of people and there was some overlap, but, and then we got completely away from that. Everyone just like sits home watching whatever they're streaming or something, but there's, but there's such a desire for that thing. I think sometimes we don't even know what we're being compelled to, but it's like, well, this is not it. Like I'm looking for something more. And this is where co-working, like I, the loudest voices in the room right now are talking about real estate, but I'm like, that's, Mm -hmm. that's nothing new. That's not exciting. That's just like a moving of the pieces of where people are housed to do their work. Like what I'm interested is something so much more than that. It's that feeling I get when I walk in and I'm greeted by friendly faces. And even if I don't engage with a lot of people during the day, being part of the buzz, being inspired because somebody's mind mapping something and like that whole piece is really interesting. And I, I truly feel for people who gather up a bunch of money, open a space, maybe like you said, fill a couple of offices and then they're like, now what? Right. You know, like put out a plate of cookies on Friday and call it happy hour. It's like, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I want, I want members to have a better experience. So I'm very invested. I don't, I'm very invested in every co-working space being great so that members, so that people like me, people like you can get in there and do meaningful, purposeful work that contributes to the world in a cool way. So where I was going with all that, like, (laughs) let's pull back a little bit. Um, I know some of the way you, you talk about your work is altruistic. It's like, let's make the world a better place with what we're doing. So how do you approach it from that, that big picture view? Yeah. Excellent, excellent question. A lot of, lot of really big pieces in there. So, I think first of all, um, we will kind of take it from the space and then and go out outward. So, you know, for us, a couple of things that we do that I think are are you know help keep us grounded and genuine and help keep us understanding the industry is we work out of a co working space. So, and we were members first. I was telling our story like I started my own company and then found co-working because I was looking for that. And so we were members first and foremost um, before we sort of got into the co-working software business. Um, And so we use our own product every day. Um, So if something's not working, like we know Mm -hmm. my team will be the first one to tell me, hey, you know, uh, I'm trying to book a room, this, that, or the other. So, and then their staff knows where we live as well, as well. They they know where we work at least because we've got an office. So, uh, you know, we can't really hide, uh, but it's good. I think that that keeps us, it keeps us honest, like, um, and, and it keeps us understanding back to that user experience. Like, how are people actually doing, what are people actually doing in the real world and why and how? And I think that's kind of the step one for us is like, you can go to a co-working space manager and you can tell them, here's my playbook of how to be a good co-working space. Or you could give them, here's the features that you need to have in a co-working software. But unless you understand how those things are actually applied in the real world and what they're trying to do and why, 
then that experience is just going to be flawed. So I think that's just kind of step one for us is like, okay, well, what are people actually looking to do? Well, they want to be able to work and have their time and they don't want software to get into the, in the way, but when they do need it, they want it to be quick. And same with like joining in the community. Like when I'm in my own office and closed door, I want to have that. But then when I step out, I want to be able to understand and quickly find how do I get involved? So I think that's sort of how we just approach um, everything that we're doing is just understanding that human behavior first. So that's kind of at the micro co-working level, but you brought up some really good points about, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's beyond, you know, the just commercial real estate side. And I think what the interesting trend that we've been seeing, and this is both a really good thing and a really bad thing for us, it's a challenge is co-working takes all the different shapes and sizes. So I think to your point, like some of the loudest people are in the big metro downtown high density cities. And that makes sense because you have people who are working in an area and they want to be in an area, they want to be around there. So it's easier to get buy-in of people wanting to work. Um, but that's just one piece of the puzzle is those big metro cities. What we're finding is that there's a ton of co-working spaces that are doing like at the neighborhood level. Mm -hmm. We call it neighborhood co-working, right? And it's back to your point about like people with their their groups, whether that be church and school and you know the the sort of home groups. I think as we move into this weirdly blurred line world of we're virtual, like we know that we have the tools to be virtual and we can work, we're capable to be virtual, but we want our people still. We want our communities. That's kind of the shift. It's like okay, when you can work wherever you want, how do you know where to go? Um, and, and I think that's, that's kind of the question and that's the role co-working is starting to fill. So it's okay, well, I want to be able to walk to work. And so we need a neighborhood co-working space, right. That can be my community of meeting people who actually live nearby. Um, or again, these interest focused spaces that I was saying before, maybe it's more of like a social club during the night, but it's a workspace during the day so that you've got that same thing that, uh, and that trusted place and those people that you see at the coffee maker, you now see at the beer tap, right? And so, um, you get to have some interesting conversations. So we're seeing that we're seeing rural towns too, rural, uh, co-working spaces are popping up and these start to become beacons of innovation and entrepreneurship because you get multiple companies and organizations coming together. So we're seeing a lot of cities that are investing in that. We're seeing universities investing in that. Like we're literally seeing like, okay, let's rethink your physical space from just like a building with offices that I'm selling. And of course you need to make money and all that. That's great. But how do we also transform this, the way that we think about this to, all right, what's the role of this physical space in our community? Yeah. Right. Are we bringing in entrepreneurs and we're helping bring this, you know, keep people from having to, um, commute into the city just because that's the only place that they think they'll have good office space at Wi-Fi? Can we bring that here so that they can just go down the street and work? Um, can we do this at the university level so that we can start, you know, introducing people to entrepreneurship early? Can we bring this to, the you know, the neighborhood? So that's been really many interesting. And, you know, for the challenge for us is how do we work with all of those people, <laughs> right? How do we help a 2,500 square foot co-working space and a 100,000 square foot multi-floor co-working space. They all have different needs, but, you know, that's kind of part of what excites me, though, too, is 
it's a challenge. And so um, the thing that keeps us grounded is that you know, it doesn't matter how big or small you all are, there's kind of uh, the, the key pieces are, are you operating efficiently? So back to your point about how can we have managers actually thinking and caring about activating the community? What we found is part of the reason is they don't feel like they have the time, right? They're like, well, I'd love to do this stuff, but I have to do my billing and financing. I have to schedule all these meetings. I have to book all of these, sell all these desks. And you're never going to get away from doing your job, but we can make it more efficient. And that's, again, the role of technology. Let's let's automate and, and accelerate the things that tech can be good at, which is counting and numbers and graphs and data and storage and those kind of things. And then let you as the human go out and do the human stuff, talking to people, um, matching people who have certain interests, uh, hearing feedback from members and then giving them the programming they want. Um, those kind of things. And I think that's what we found is the thread across all of those different co-working spaces is first, how do we free up their time? Because then we can get their attention. So, hey, use these tools, automate those tasks, be efficient on operating a space. Now come over here and look at your community and let's see, like, are these people actually engaging? Are they showing up? Are they coming in? And let's talk about that. And we can kind of give them tools to help them create on that side. So, yeah, that that's kind of how we look at it. But I, I think again, that's why I love this space. It's it's really not a, you know, um, one shape and size. You can go to any city in the in honestly the world. This isn't just a U.S. thing by any stretch. This is like the people in Europe have been doing this actually a lot longer, and uh, they have much more creative ideas of co-working spaces. Those are some of my favorite customers. Uh, it's just seeing the kind of layouts that they do over there. Um, so yeah, any city, big or small any country and like these workspaces, these co-working spaces are really becoming, I think those, those central, you know, um, the kind of hub and spoke model, right? Like they're all part of the bigger, bigger network. Yeah. The smartest thing a co-working space operator can do is establish their space as the hub, whether it's yeah. the neighborhood hub, the hub yeah. for entrepreneurs in the city, if it's a rural space, it's the, where people go to learn how to start a business, how to do all the things to get mentorship, to get support. And I think the, the through line in all of that is the humanist because like in San Francisco or London where they're just like, you know, there's a space every half block. Um, <laughs> yeah. They have a totally different challenge with differentiating and attracting people. You know, they have the vibe of the space, maybe the programming and the offerings, maybe the location, um, but there's a lot of competition nearby. Whereas a space that's the, rural hub for like a whole region they're still mm -hmm. educating people like why should someone drive 20 minutes to come work in this space it's like all the things that you get from being part of a collaborative community and um, and everything in between but the through line for sure is that humanness like the connection piece 100%. but also the piece that you discovered that I discovered like I'm so much better when I'm working around people like the first 
true co-working space I was in, um, I worked out in the open space and literally there'd be like an event planner on this side, a photographer right. on that side. People would come yep. to me and say, what do you think of this headline? And so I'd help them workshop like a tighter headline. And when I needed headshots, I'm like, hey, Jules, I need you know time to re-up my headshots. Yeah. Like everyone was right there. It was this really mutually supportive community. And I'm so invested in the influx of new space operators understanding that piece because without that it's just office rental and it's just not that exciting so right right the programming the community the humanness the connection um i will i will die on that hill of just like (laughs) this is what we're doing you know yeah um no I, i totally agree and, and I, I, we tell people, you know, uh, the same thing, like you can only make your countertop so nice, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, at a certain point, uh, you know, quartz is quartz, I guess. Right. So like what your, your people become one of your greatest assets, your physical space is what it is. And you'll have different value props or different people, but, um, yeah, like the actual humans in the space, the members are become an asset. They are an asset. So that's kind of how we want people to, to, to treat that. It's like, okay, don't let your beg your, one of your greatest assets go to waste. Like, yes, coworking is flexible. It's month to month. And that's part of the draw. And we want to keep that too, but people will stay if they feel valued, if they feel, um, connected, um, and you know, we've got a ton of members in our space that they have a co-working membership and they never show up mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's like, why is that? And they're like, well, I don't want to lose the community. They're like, I got a referral from Deshaun and he did app dev for me. And then I got a referral from this person and she does my design. And so, yeah, I come in once a month, but like, I can't lose the community. Mm. So people will pay just for that. Now, obviously you want them to come in and all of that, yeah. but like, I think that's the other thing too, is we're also seeing people in the co-working world. And this is back to technology. Let's, let's embrace both. You can say, Hey, if you just want to pay us for, you know, a virtual mailbox mm-hmm. or virtual co-working, that's fine. And you'll get access to our people. And then you're welcome anytime to come in and co-work and do this and do that. If you want a physical desk, great. If you want a physical office, great. And you can kind of work up that scale. And I think that's kind of, that's the beauty. Like as a co-working space, you don't have to be afraid of people working remotely or any of that stuff. You can actually embrace that by being those pillars. Like we were saying, like, hey, no, we're a resource hub. We're an entrepreneurship hub. Like we've got really smart people doing really smart things. You can be, you can join the party and pay a small amount just to kind of be a fly on the wall, but also when you're ready to dive in, you pay a little more and now you're in the community, you're active in the community, you're physically in the space. So that's another trend we're seeing too. It's like, Hey, making, make sure you are really treating your members as your assets. So are you creating that member directory and are you understanding people's skills and what they do and who they are? Are you understanding the other amenities and resources that come with being a member of your space and articulating that in like a tangible way? Cause you can just sell that. Um, and then those people will fall in love and they'll come and buy an office eventually, hopefully one day too. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> so. the deal. Yeah. You, you let people grow within your space and community. You, you support them and enable them. Like that's an amazing thing to be, to come in the door as a very part-time coworker. Cause you have a full-time right. gig, but grow up your side gig until 
like yep. living and breathing co-working. Yeah, it's it's truly a remarkable thing. And we're starting to see, you know, as technology advances too, you can get more and more fine-tuned with sort of those ramp ups. Like nowadays you can integrate into the locks of the door so that you can say, all right, cool, I'm going to give you two days a month mm. and you can use those whenever you want and you don't have to kind of police that. The technology could police that. Or you can give people a certain amount of booking hours that they have that they can use and then they can pay for more. And, um, you know, as long as you do that tastefully and tactfully, like, again, the software can be can police that and it feels more, the, the member feels more like, they're paying for what they need and want at that time. And they're actually like, oh, great, I can kind of grow, as you're saying, versus, you know, being punished or penalized. So that's exciting, too. Like, yeah. we try to help, you know, let the software kind of manage some of these rules of scale up and usage and utilization. So you're not having to, because it's not worth it for you to look at a report or a file or check badges every single right. you know, time someone's coming in. Like, that's that's that starts to get, I think, down a slippery slope, yeah. but um, when it's easy and seamless and the experience is good, it actually does offer more um, business model capabilities that you can run through your system. And so those are some of the challenges too that we think about on the co-work side is, you know, how are we, again, everything we're doing is how are we giving the managers more tools to quickly and efficiently you know, monetize their space, activate their community and, and do that in a way that is freeing up their time so that they can actually be the physical pillar in the space and the human in the space and not the, you know, person checking the logs, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that study after study after study is what people want is flexibility. We want to be able to design our days. Like that's it. That's the deal. Yeah. Yep. Deshaun, what have I missed? What else should I, should I talk about with you? Anything you've been, anything that's on your mind? Yeah, I mean, I just, I think, um, again, where I spend a lot of focus on these days post-COVID is really trying to just help people understand and and uh, sort of reconcile the, the mix of, you know, hybrid work and virtual work and where does co-working fit in that. And, you know, our thesis from the beginning has just been like co-working is the right answer, right? So... Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be everyone's virtual and like, that's all that there is, or, Hey, everyone has to come to this corporate office every day because I said so. Right. right? I think both of those, the, both of those approaches are flawed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, that's just kind of from an educational standpoint, we're just trying to help people, um, understand you can use the co-working concepts in a lot of different types of businesses and a lot of different types of spaces. So the traditional co-working space operators, those that's our bread and butter. And those are the people that I think are defining this category. And that's why I love all those managers because we're sort of creating the new, the rules for the new way to work. Yeah. Um, and, and that's awesome. It's such a really, really cool time to be in co-working. But also again, like if you are a business with a big, corporate footprint and half your people are now virtual and you're just sitting at a, they're looking at a bunch of empty desks. Okay. Well, how can we actually look at co-working spaces as ways to rethink the way that we approach the office space so that people are coming in when they want to come in and they can reserve a desk and they can do those kind of things. So that's, I think an area to kind of watch is as we think about the word co-working, I think it's evolving. I think it's 
going even beyond the traditional co-working space. Those again, we are defining the category, which is which is super fun. But yeah, people are applying these concepts to non-traditional types of uh, workspace. We're seeing government, obviously, mm-hmm. doing doing this kind of thing. We're seeing. Uh, we've got a few life science, biotech, lab space type folks using co-working principles. So that's kind of, I think, um, the other thing that that we spend a lot of time on is like, what is the world, what does the future of the world look like in 10 years and 15 years? And when we say co-working, what does that mean? So for us, it just means work, right? Yeah. And it means community and, um, you know, I'm really excited for for us as far as you know on the co-work side. How are we going to sort of tackle those challenges head on and give people the tools to stop kind of being buried underneath the business and the operations, and instead kind of be forward facing to to actually spin up these communities. So that's that's the fun part is you know we get to speak to people every day, and they're like, hey, like I have time now to invest in my members because I've invested in the process. Um, and every time we see that, that's, that's great. And, um, yeah, it'd be fascinating to watch, watch how the, the industry evolves. So fascinating. And the, the role, I feel like the best use of a co-working space operator managers time is to get to know the members so that they can say, Hey, Kat, you and Deshaun should have a conversation. You guys were saying similar things or like understanding how to support people. But I, and I see that co-working space operators have one of the hardest jobs in the world because it's super high emotional labor. They have to be, be able to pivot, like dealing with a, awful member and then turning around and giving a tour (laughs) and then oops, the coffee's out. Uh, and you know, all the things happening at, at the same time. Plus you need to get a newsletter out. Like, you know, it's (laughs) a lot, it's a lot. And it's it's like a task switching kind of crazy thing. So, um, yeah, I think the more that operators are freed up to do the human work, the better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Deshaun, before we jump off, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, reach out to follow up? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can check us out, coworks.com, C-O-W-O-R-K-S.com. And um, feel free to reach out to me directly. I love speaking to people in this space who are building or growing or uh, interested in, in, in operating a flex space. Uh, my email is just Deshaun at coworks.com, D-E-S-H-A-W-N at coworks.com. So check us out. Um, we've got a lot of, one of the things that we're doing too, and I forgot to mention this is, you know, we're continuously trying to figure out how do we offer resources. So educational resources, whether that come in the form of white papers and blogs and videos and webinars, we get it. Coworking is, is like you said, Kat, you got to wear a lot of hats. It's a lot of moving parts. So just trying to help people kind of, you know, sift through the noise and, and again, get that time back. We're, we're trying to tackle that any way we can because we get it. That's, it's, it's a lot of work. So definitely go to the website, check that stuff out and send me an email and we'd love to chat. Deshaun, your blog is one of the best in co-working. I send people there all the time and (laughs) I feel like you truly get it. So good job on the content side of things for like going a hundred percent into content. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, we also have a rock star marketing person, Lauren. So shout yes, out to you Lauren. Do. Um, so <laughs> he's he's great, and we 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 have a lot of fun together. I love it. Good, Deshaun. Thank you so much. An absolute pleasure to connect with you. Um, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. I'll see you soon. That's right. We'll see you hopefully in uh, in a few days. I'll see you in a few days. Thanks, Deshaun. Awesome. Thanks, Kat. Thanks for listening to Coworking Out Loud. If you like what we're doing here, head over to your favorite podcast player and leave us a rating and review. It helps more than you might think. And jump over to katjohnson.co for news about upcoming co-working convos, resources on the blog, and to join the lab, our club for indie co-working space operators. See you next time.